Chapter 15 Joash and His Friend Jehoiada There is a book called The Museum of Natural History, and the most remarkable animal listed in that museum is man. It would be much easier to understand any other creature than to understand a human being. He is worthy of great study. The more he is studied, the more he will surprise you. There are certain characters who are great curiosities. There are also other characters who are great monstrosities. You can never tell from what a man is what he will be. The case before us is a very extraordinary one, because here is a man with every possible advantage, who through a number of years exhibited the brightest form of character. Yet in the end he was not thought worthy to be laid in the sepulchres of his fathers with other kings of Judah. Nor was he worthy of any royal burial, for the latter part of his life stained and defiled his whole career, and he who began his reign like the dawning of the day ended it like the middle of the night. I wonder whether anyone we know will turn out to be very sinful and wicked before life is over. I am referring to those who have begun well, who are now the hope and joy of those who know them, but who will end badly, in dishonor to themselves and grief to their households. Probably you can find these people by this one test. Those who say, It's impossible that it would be so with us, are probably the people while those who are afraid lest it should be so, and who ask for grace that it may not be so, are probably those who will be preserved, and whose path will shine brighter and brighter, unto the perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 There is much need to go below the surface in the examination of moral and spiritual character. In appearance, Joash was all that we could wish. Second Chronicles 24 However, if he had really been what he seemed to be, he would have continued so. If there had been that work of grace within his soul that there appeared to be in his life, he would not have turned aside as he did, for where a work of grace is real and true, it is known by its abiding influence throughout the entire life. Where godly principles have been imparted and a divine life has been infused, these things are not taken from a person. They went out from us, but they were not of us, said the Apostle John. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. 1 John 2.19 So it was with Joash. He turned aside from God because he had never truly known the Lord at all. And his last end was worse than the first, because his beginning was not really what it had seemed to be. Although Joash came from a bad family, he had a good aunt. She was married to the high priest, and the aunt and the uncle took care of young Joash. When he was only an infant, they hid him away so that Athaliah would not kill him with the rest of the royal seed. Thus Joash had this remarkable privilege that he was with them hid in the house of God six years. 2 Chronicles 22.12. It is a splendid beginning for any life to be hid in the house of God six years. I don't think we ever value enough those first six years of a child's life. Impressions made then have a remarkable influence over the rest of one's life. Joash was where God's praise was sung from day to day, and where holy prayer was perpetually offered. He was seldom beyond the fragrance of the perfumed incense or away from the sight of the white-robed priests. He heard nothing that could defile him, 
but everything that could instruct and purify him. He was hidden in the house of the Lord so as not even to go out of it, concealed with godly people for the first six years of his life. The first thing that you might remember is your mother taking you to a place of worship. You can never forget the time when your father also led you there. He didn't seem to be happy unless his boy was scampering by his side when he went to hear the gospel. Among our earliest recollections are the memories of holy hymns and the sayings of gracious people, in whom, as children, we took an interest when they came to our father's house. It's a splendid thing that the first days of one's life would bear the impress of the divine finger. It is good when the vessel begins to revolve upon the wheel and the clay is soft and malleable that the first fingers that touch and shape it would be the fingers of God's servants. May God grant that they may be as the very finger of God upon our souls. Joash began his career by being hid in the house of the Lord six years. After he was seven years of age, he began his life's business in a very admirable way. He was to be the king, but there had to be great care taken to sweep away the usurper from the throne and to put the little king upon it. And Jehoiada managed the whole affair with great skill. He also drew up a covenant for the king to sign. It was a covenant with God that he would be obedient to Jehovah as the supreme king, and also a covenant with the people that he would rule according to equity and right and would not tyrannize over them. It was all done so well that no objection was ever taken to it. Joash reigned with great prosperity and happiness over a people who were blessed by his rule. The whole time Jehoiada was his faithful prime minister and guide. It's a splendid thing to be started in life properly. To begin well is half the battle. Some young men and some young women, too, are launched in life wrongly. It seems almost a matter of course that they should be too strongly tempted and in all probability yield to the temptation. But many of you did not begin in such a way. You began with a father's blessing and a mother's prayers. You remember your first time going out into life. Some of us remember the ride when, early in the morning, we had to leave our father's house for the first time. Perhaps it was a cold and bitter, frosty morning when we started in those old days to go across the country. We remember it well, and how God cared for us and blessed us. We desire to praise Him that He has preserved us even unto this day. I am showing you the bright side of Joash's career first. After six years in the house of God, he had a great start in life with everything to his advantage. It is very heartbreaking that with such a bright beginning he would come to such a sad end. Notice also that beginning so well, Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. 2 Chronicles 24, 2. While that good man lived, the king was under his influence. He consulted him in every matter of importance. He even seems to have been guided by him to some extent in the matter of his marriage. He was malleable under his uncle's hand, and not only did he do that which was right in the sight of good people, but he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. His life seems to have been at least outwardly obedient to the law of Jehovah, and he yielded himself up, apparently, at any rate, to be a loyal servant of the great king. He didn't just do that for a short time only, but in all the days in which Jehoiada lived. Have we not known men and women whose lives have been under the gentle influence of some kind elderly person, 
uncle or aunt, father or mother, and they have done what was right year after year as long as their godly relatives lived? They have been diligent in going up to God's house, apparently devout in Bible reading and prayer, willing to assist in holy work in the school, and in all kinds of service for the Lord. They outwardly led most useful, admirable lives all the time that these higher influences were over them. More than this, Joash was zealous for the externals of religion. Scripture? It came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 24, 4. He actually admonished Jehoiada, his uncle, because of the slowness of the Levites. Scripture? The king called for Jehoiada, the chief, and said unto him, Why hast thou not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection? 2 Chronicles 24, 6. There are some people whose hearts are not right toward God, who nevertheless are very zealous about the externals of divine worship. It's much easier to build a temple for God than it is to be a temple for God. It's much more common for people to show zeal in repairing temples than in reforming their own manners. So this young man, Joash, went even beyond his uncle in intense zeal for the cause of God. Just as there are many who are trained up in the ways of the Lord and are tireless in rendering some external service to the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will give to the building of a church, they will work hard to promote the paying for it, and so forth. But sadly, you may give and you may work, and you may devote yourself to all the externals of religion, yet have no part nor lot in the matter. Acts 8.21. John Bunyan says that when he was an ungodly man, he still had such a reverence for the outward things of religion that he would gladly have kissed the ground that the clergyman walked upon. He said that every nail in the door of the church seemed holy to him. Footnote. For John Bunyan's autobiographical conversion story, see Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, available from Aneco Press. That is all very good, but unless there is a great deal more than that in us, we will fall far short of the requirements of God. All this time, Joash influenced other people for good. As king, he kept back the nation from worshipping idols. As king, he threw the cloak of his patronage over those who worshipped Jehovah. Things seemed to go well for years, all the days of Jehoiada, the priest, 2 Chronicles 24, 2. As long as Jehoiada lived, Joash seemed to be all that he should be.